Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we're building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton, and I'll show you how to embrace your child and your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter, and I will help you identify and overcome obstacles that can get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships. And I help you realize the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons that we've learned from our own lives, the experiences from hundreds of families that we have worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, our Lift and Love community. We are back, Alice and I, for another podcast. Hello. We are so thrilled to be here with you today. And there has been a lot going on. Um, I had my Ellie, she's in the MTC. I said, Las Vegas people, get ready. She's leaving in a week to come with you. And um, my dear sister-in-law passed away, and which was sadness. And But she had a beautiful funeral. And we just know that she is with God, like she was just such a covenant woman. And so we, it was such a great honor honoring her. Like I'm just, it's one of those people that I heard this today where, isn't it great that you have the type of love where you, you can mourn and you're mourning only because you're not with them anymore. Like you're missing them. And that is exactly how I feel about her. But well, you got, you're carrying so much on your heart for many weeks. That was a hard bunch of weeks getting ready to see your girls go on their missions and your sister leave, your sister-in-law leave. It's Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny though. Like John and I were talking about because there's other things going on too that feel heavy and, um, but we're not unhappy. And I'm like, that is the atonement. Like that is the strength of the covenants and living, you know, having Christ as the center because hard things happen. And in fact, that's what we're kind of going to be talking about today is like when anxiety of all of the weight of everything on us. You know, and I work with so many families and so many um, moms who the worry is almost um, suffocating for them when their for child comes for out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very crippling and very like um, like they can't even breathe, like because they're so anxious about their child's future and um, what it's going to mean. And I I get that, like you know, it's I have to go back to nine years when my son came out, yeah. and you know all the possibilities of how my son's life could go wrong. That's all I focused on at that time. Right. right. And like, it w- was not a place where I was doing my best parenting because worry, when worry is your um, primary emotion about when you're thinking about your LGBTQ child, you are going to be operating and taking action from fear. Yeah, And that is not well, a good place. <laughs> no. And I'll tell you, so it, you make me think when I talk to people, they'll say, Oh, my child's not out. Or I had a woman say to me, her daughter, she had, she thought she had two grandchildren. Um, and I, we were talking about one of the children and I said, well, have, have her mom, have the mom call me. Have your daughter call me. Oh, she's not there yet. I'm like, wow. I mean, that is anxiety and fear paralyzing. I'm, I'm saying, let me, let me talk, let me help. And it's like, oh no, she can't talk about it yet. And that is a, you know, then everybody in the family is in a state of paralysis because the child's not being talked to in productive ways. The mother's not getting some of these things off of her chest and feeling like the connection. 
And not that I have all the answers because I probably don't have any, but I can give her some tools or whatever. So the, the, the thing is, is that we get so paralyzed by fear. And we do. And, and we feel like, the, like, I'm sure that mom feels like, no, I'm protecting my child. I'm protecting our family. I'm protecting. And it's just a lie because really all you're doing is saying, no, I'm not ready to let go of this emotional pain I'm causing myself. That's really what it is where you're like, this emotional pain feels needful. Like that's what worry is such a trickster because it really does like make it, it feels very necessary and it makes you feel like you're doing something important and that you're being um, a problem solving or you're being proactive. But I promise you, it never changes the impact of the things that you're worrying about. In fact, your brain will try to sell you that worry is so necessary, but really all it does is make health problems for you. And you know what worry does, is it causes disconnection. Usually it causes, I most of my clients have felt disconnection from God when they stay in that worry. Disconnection from friends because they're worried about what they're going to say and they're, you know, they're they're so involved in their story that they're telling themselves that they feel like everybody will pick up that on them, right? So it changes their energy around people and their child. It's disconnection from from them. And then it what it does is it steals their joy today. Like I guarantee you, there's so much happiness going on that they can't even enjoy it. And I know I was the same way. Like I couldn't even enjoy it in the time because I was so worried about the future and what this meant, you know, the circumstance. Right. And so, you know, and these are kind of the sentences, like, like I'm going to read you just a couple. And like, if you, any of you were experiencing these thoughts, you would think worry was your only option where you're like, you were thinking the future will not be good. They will lose their faith. People will hurt them. How will they be part of our family for eternity? People will reject them. People will judge our family. How can I support them and stay active? My family doesn't have a place now in our church. How can I choose between them and God? I might lose friends. I want my child to be happy, which these thoughts, like I want my child to be happy. I want a child to have faith. They're like beautiful thoughts, but they actually aren't. They create worry. Because they, they, they say to yourself, my child won't be happy. My child won't. Yes. Yes. I can't be happy being LGBTQ, right? Like that's kind of really the, the story you're telling yourselves. Well, and then the one we talked about two weeks ago is that church is not a safe space for my child. Right. So any of those thoughts. Do and they not are happen. true worries. I mean, those worries, it's not that they aren't worth worrying about or they aren't worth analyzing and preparing for. It's that when it, the problem comes when we shut down because of them. So we're not able to move forward because any good manager, any good business person will tell you, you see a problem coming, you have to adjust for it. I always say adjust or die, like adapt or die. So you adjust for it. And that's an, a forward moving motion. I'm going to adjust for it. Here's what we're going to start talking about in our family. Cause I'm worried they're going to lose their faith, or we're going to do this a little differently. But when you're afraid, it shuts down. First of all, fear shuts down your, your ability to creatively think. Yeah. And to creatively really problem solve. And you know, you're in worry or problem solving, because what you're talking about is probably solving, which is a skill that is useful. But when you're in worry, you're going to feel anxiety, shut down, um, really like you can't talk about it. Um, and, and it's overwhelming, but if you've moved to problem solving, that isn't fearful. That is not anxiety. That's like, okay, what if this looks like, because the funny thing, like any of these, like, like say, let's take, um, 
people will reject them. Like on the other end, you're thinking people will accept them. And we think that that's either or, but there's all these other ways we could think about it in between. There's a million sentences in between that would feel better than people would reject them and not be any less true. Like, you know, example, most people will embrace and love them. Right. Exactly. So it really is all your perspective and how you're telling yourself the story. Yes. It is. And we, we definitely tell ourselves worst case scenario. Yes, for sure. And that is a brain unmanaged. Okay. <laughs> because that is your brain's job. That's the story of my book, a brain, <laughs> brain. That's, that's my, my, my <laughs> memoir. Yes. yes. A brain unmanaged. I love it. Yes, because a brain unmanaged is always going to lead to worry and stress because your brain's job is to tell you the worst case, is to tell you the negative, is to say, stay in the cave, be safe. And so that is always going to be the result. And so you have to get really onto what your brain's, what story your brain's offering you. And so all those sentences that I read, the thoughts I read, um, it will be hard to pr- that those sentences not to produce the emotion of worry. And that's what, first of all, let's break down what worry is. Worry is just an emotion. Okay. Right. It's just an emotion and it's emotion. An emotion is a sensation in our body. Like we're supposed to, like our emotions and our thoughts are tied together. They give us like these chemicals and neurons to react. And so really worry is what we create. It's not created outside of us. We are creating it. We are creating that emotion. And I call it like, the kind of the joy stiller of the day. And the, the, the problem with the worry, like everybody's like, no, in this situation, worry is going to be helpful, but that's the lie because we have this belief system around worry that we think no worry is necessary, but our emotions are our fuel for all of our actions. And worry is one of the worst fuels you could use for your actions, especially in parenting. Well, <laughs> worry, worry should be a signal. I'm worried about this. It signal. It should signal to you that you need to do something. It should not signal to you to get back in the cave and shut the door. Like it, it should be a motivator. Just like you know, a great therapist I that we I've talked to a bunch. He said, um, anxiety is necessary. Without anxiety, nobody's getting good grades. Nobody's making money. Right. Nobody- Our bodies are made for, to handle anxiety. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's good. Yeah. It's what you do with the anxiety. Right. Right. So, you know, and I look at this list, their future will not be good. They, you know, they will lose their faith. Those, those are things that I worry about. People will hurt them. I mean, based on my experience with my brother, some of these things happened to him truthfully, like, and it was so painful. And I just did not want that for my son. And that was what kept me in denial of um, for denial of Jake's Jake being gay for a, a long time, more than it should have been until finally my husband was like, his life is not going to be the same as Preston's life. And then it was like, sort of snapped me out of it. And I was able to move forward again. Okay. What are we going to, how are we going to create a family system that supports this child? What are we going to do at church? You know, then I'm moving forward again, but for a minute, for a while, I was really stuck. And I love that story because what happened is your husband gave you a a different thought that changed your perspective, a different story. And that really was it, right? And it was helpful to hear. And I would, if had I been just keeping all that to myself, I would have never gotten, he would have never like been the kickstart to get me out of that hole. Right. Right. Never been the rope thrown down into the hole and said, Hey, I don't know what you're thinking about down there, but it's kind of dumb. 
like let's get back out here and get going, you know? And, and, and like you see, so, you know, okay. So I call it either strifing or thriving families because my whole role in coaching my families is not just to make them survive, but to really thrive as a family. Because I know for me, my journey, and I think your journey too, like we view like having a child who is gay, like now one of the greatest gifts because it made us examine everything. And like it, it made us in things that we were just surviving on, like we really got good at almost at loving in a different way, all of our children. Oh, totally. Well, I would say in the church, I was just sort of surviving. Surviving, yeah. And now Growing you're thriving. Up, doing the thing, right. taking the calling, serving you know, praying, oh, I hope this, that, you know, and then all of a sudden I have this like deep need to understand and deep need to dissect things that seemed so simple before. And there again, people are afraid to do that. And I will say that is the commandment. Well, and that, right. And the afraidness comes from worry. Right. That's once again, you t- if you're not taking action, you're doing it from that emotion of worry, the fuel roar. And it was when I started doing that work that I really feel like I became a, a true disciple, a true, you know, sitting at the feet of Jesus and trying to learn. It was scary. Yeah. And people are still afraid of me. It is, which, which is, knowing. once again, your brain unmanaged. Yeah. <laughs> so my whole world is to helping yeah. you retrain your brain to a more, much more thriving mindset. Okay. Right. Because, you know, when your child comes out, you have a choice. Um, we could either choose to thrive, like I said, and like when you're thriving, uh, your family looks like you're not, you're not worrying about doing it perfectly. You're actually enjoying the process of figuring things out for your family. You're flexible and you just, as things come out, you don't feel like, oh, we're not gonna be able to handle it. But if you're just surviving, you're kind of fighting with reality. Um, you're really frustrated and you wish things were different. Um, you're very rigid when you're approaching situations and like there's a little room for adjustment. So I'm going to go through five kind of mindsets that I see really commonly in the many families I have um, coached of the difference between surviving and thriving as a family. Okay. So the first one I'm going to take is if you're just surviving as a family, you feel like your LGBTQ child is in charge of your emotions. But if you're thriving, you realize you're in charge of your emotions. And when I'm saying this, I'm saying you're thinking things. If you're just surviving, you're like, I am feeling worried because I have an LGBTQ child. And the thriving sentence is, it's interesting that I'm thinking my child being LGBTQ, you know, is causing me to feel stressed. It's And you realize like thriving realizes like, oh, it's my perspective. It's my story. And, you know, you gave a great one with you and Ken where he's like, listen, his life is going to be different from Preston's, you know? And like you realize, oh, okay. Like I, I, this could be a different story. Like Jake's life is Jake's own path. It's going to be very beautiful. and It's going to be different. And so worry like feels comforting during that time because we feel like an optional. When you're just surviving, you feel like you have no other option but to worry and to feel um, stressed about your child being queer. But if you really like step back and be like, I, there's a million ways to think about my child being LGBTQ. What way serves me the best? And I'm not talking about rainbows and daisies, but really what way serves me the best? Wait, what puts me back in my God-given role as a mother? Yes. To take care of my family and to understand what their needs are and to be able to use the spirit to guide that child or my children. Yes. And so you really have that choice in that 
to th- when you're thriving, you're thinking, I'm going to trust God and his role in my family's life. I'm going to trust that this is my child's journey. Um, and the Lord is constantly trying to like educate me, make us stronger. And he's on my side. And like, this is our amazing classroom now, being LGBTQ parents, we're embracing the calling. Okay. So that is realizing like your worry, your stress, your fear is not created from your child being LGBTQ. It's created by your perspective and how you're telling that story. Right. So that's the first one. The second one is thriving mindset is I focus on changing me and just surviving is I'm changing, focusing on changing others. Okay. And I, this is an interesting one because it could be like, say your child comes out and um, you're fine, but your husband is just not on board and he's really causing some problems. So your focus is completely on getting him to change. Right. And the problem with that is you can't change the humans, right? Like your husband. Oh, I is hate having, that. I know. If I if I, hey, if I had, all the humans, if, and I had, I wish I had the trick to control how everybody thought and how everybody showed up in this. But really, like focusing on changing me in that sense of like, if my husband was you, I disagreed with my husband a lot on this. My focus would be like. How can I love him just as he is? How can I support and protect my child and love my husband? Because my husband's doing it perfectly for him. He's having the lessons being taught to him. And I, for me to like focus on me being the wife I want to be in that moment and the mother I want to be in the moment. So like, these are kind of the four questions I ask where it's like, if I'm focusing like, you know, oh, I wish my son would do this or I wish, or they should be doing this. The should is the key for this. If you're focusing on they should, then you know you are just surviving and not thriving instead of focusing on how do I want to be? Like, how am I making my child being LGBTQ something negative about me? These are questions to ask yourself to know if you're thriving or surviving in this. What are my thoughts about my child being LGBTQ? Am I showing up as the parent I want to be? How could this be the perfect classroom for my growth as a parent and a child of God? So you're open to the possibility that truth, like your life's going to be different than you imagined and that this is going to change you. It's of course going to change your child and uh, like their journey, but you're more focused on how you show up, how you want to be versus how somebody else is showing up. Okay. All right. The third one, which this is a big one. I... (laughs) If you're just like surviving, you are fighting with the reality of what it is. If you're thriving, you're accepting the reality. And we get this so much where, well, oh, it could be a phase, or I don't know if they're really gay, or I don't, you know, I, their friends I, are influencing them. They're all influencing them. It's the media. It's the, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. This is where your child is today. Like, right. This is what they're feeling. And whether they come out the other end of childhood feeling this, we don't know. It will be interesting to see. It will be. The responses along the way are important. And we know now that we, if the response is, you can't be gay, don't choose this. Is it, these are damaging responses. Don't tell anybody you're gay. Don't come out. You Anyone know, until like, you're ready. Yes. Until we know, or we've, you know, whatever, like that's still fighting reality. Yes, it is. Because in that moment, they feel gay, trans, non-binary, something different going on with me than I think is going on with most other people. That's what they're saying to you. So go with the reality. Okay. Right. What does that mean? You're like, no, this can't happen. And I kind of like, yeah, when my son came out, like, I was like, oh, I accept it. But 
like, Nick, this is what you could do. You know, I was like, I put him on Voices of Hope. I put him like, you know, which was all good, but that's not what he needed in that moment. And that actually caused damage. Like he needed me just be like, interesting. Okay. Like, how can I support you? And so to really accept him at face value without trying to change the circumstance, mm-hmm. to really just accept like, this is where we're at and this is where our growth is going to be. And to kind of focus on the positive. I know this is a hard one, but could you like come up with 10 positive things of what's happening in your life right now? Like where are the blessings? Where is like the focus of how this could be perfect for your family story right then? Okay. Love that. I mean, you should have to sit down, even if they're silly and if they're funny stereotypes. I mean, I love right. the talk. I love Christ- Elder Christofferson, Tom Christofferson's mom, who's someone commented on her clothes and she's like, oh yeah, well, you should have a gay son. Like, you know, I mean, that was a I'm the good plus for her and a fun way to break the ice between two people. So I right. love because there's good and most situations, especially with your child and really accepting your child of who they are presenting to you today and finding the good in that child, that is going to keep you in that thriving family mindset versus just surviving their sexuality. Okay. Like it's embracing it. Well, and let's be real. The reality of children today is that they get to decide where they fall on these spectrums, both gender, sexuality, and I would assume many other spectrums that we probably are missing you know I know that my my I felt on an educational spectrum different (laughs) I had a an an idea of where I was educationally but I I had myself lower on a spectrum and I changed it over the years like I I'm actually a a smart woman I'm a smart you know business person all of these things I never knew so we have to allow change it's normal and it's not it does not denote a bad life or sin or anything. It's just a reality that these children have now and we've got to get used to it. And I think this kind of goes back to your story with when Jake came out, where you kept bringing your brother's reality into Jake's reality. And it took you some time to be like, oh, what am I doing? And that was kind of, that wasn't accepting the reality. That was accepting Preston's reality and making it Jake's reality, right? Like, Every story is different. Every very, like, like you said, there's such variation and their story is going to look different from even anybody you've seen who is LGBTQ. Everybody has a different story and theirs is going to be perfect for them. And you embracing like whatever their story is going to look like is perfect for you to help be the parent. Right. That is the the key for that mindset for thriving. Okay. So whatever the reality is, this is nothing has gone wrong. This is the perfect classroom for our family. Okay. Um, the next one, and this is where our brains love to do. We, you know, anxiety is emotion that only comes from the future. There's no anxiety for today. Like it's always created from future thinking. So just surviving is really you're focusing on everything that's going to go wrong in the future. And thriving is like, you know what? Today, everything's fine. Today, we've got this. I'm just going to focus on today's problems because studies have shown that 85% of the time, things we worry about never happen. Think about that. Like the amount of time we spend worrying, the amount of energy we spend on that, and 85% of the time it's just a waste. It's like like wasting 85% of your money, right? (laughs) So great story. Just this morning, I was talking to a dear friend and she was telling me. So I knew that she'd been worried. She has a child who's gay, and she'd been worried about telling um, her children that this daughter was a lesbian. And like, how do I do that? And and it'd come up quite a 
few times. I know it was a worry for her. Finally, she had a conversation with her daughter, like, hey, we've got to tell the other kids. And she's like, oh, yeah, I already did it Christmas. So all these months or all these weeks, right? Right. right. And nothing changed with the kids. Right. And then she ended up talking to them and they were it was no big deal. One of them's in elementary school. One of them's in junior high school. They were maybe not surprised, but they were embracive and loving. Yeah. And then an interesting thing that we need to really address is that they were, um, they had a lot of questions about the church and the church's position and the church's, how this sister would be um, fit in the church. And they had a lot of questions and they'd been hearing a lot of criticism. So this is something that would have been served her better to focus on, like, how, how are we going to show up as a family? Ah, having the these conversations, what is this conversation yeah. going to look like because it has to change, right? And having the safe, like creating that place in your family of talking about the elephant in the room, I call it, where yeah. you know when you are pattering and you are guiding and having this discourse with your children, they are they're going to stay with the faith a lot easier because they know that even things that they don't agree with that we could talk about it. We could figure it out. We could pray about it as a family. We pattern how we do this instead of just ignoring it. Right. You know? I'll tell you, elementary kids know that this is a thing in the church, especially in a dense community like Utah. But if you've got um, kids who are of elementary age and you think they don't know what's going on, they're talking about this with their friends and they're talking about it in a religious context. So this is an important thing that we understand has happened. and it's just been very recently, but we've got to get on board as parents because this is the next thing, right? How do we ado- adopt this? How do we approach this as a family? Not like, oh, everything, we can't think about it. It's like how I, I want to have a framework as the parent about how we talk about this in a family and how we embrace and what we do. So right, we're, yeah, we're very yeah, we- to do those things. You cannot be in fear. Yeah, you have to be present and can't and and you can't be worried that your kids are all going to leave church. You got to be like present and say, okay, this is what it looks like. So I like to like when I'm in this high stress a high stress situation, I like to like on a piece of paper write the things I can control and the things I can't control. And usually the things I can't control are my future problems I'm creating. And uh, you know, Jody Moore says this all the time, where she's like, like when you are worried in the future, you're like trying to solve a 500 piece puzzle with 25 pieces of the puzzle, right? You don't have all the answers. We don't, we never know what the future is going to bring for any of our children. And it's funny, like none of, even our heterosexual children, we don't know what it's going to be look like, but once your child comes out you feel like you even, it's even more uncertain. It's the future is always uncertain. And so really staying present, using that energy to focus on what you want to solve today and what you want to enjoy today, because when you're in the future, that creates anxiety and it's the joy stiller. Like you're not enjoying the so much good that's happening in your life because right. you miss it. Like you're, you just miss it. And so that is the difference between is thriving is focusing, just being present today, letting tomorrow figure it out for itself. And just surviving is when you're like tr- trying to like figure out the future problems, do all that. And remember, like most of those problems aren't going to happen. Even and our brain's like, well, if you worry about now, that's going to brace yourself so you won't worry later. Oh. And that's a lie. 
<laughs> worry doesn't make anything preventable. Nothing. Right? Well, and it doesn't make the reality of what's coming at us in this world any easier to deal with. Otherwise, we have like we'd be trained on how to be anxious, which by the way, we don't need. So my husband always said, and he learned this because of his um, he had anxiety as a kid and it started coming out when he was trying to go on a mission. But he said, like, why worry about tomorrow? You spend all this time worrying about tomorrow. And then if it does happen, you have to deal with it again. Like, don't, don't worry, don't like deal with all the emotions and the, the problems twice. Right. It's like watching a bad movie twice. <laughs> well, yeah. And being like, I have good. to sit through this again. Like, yes, deal with it when, when it happens, deal with it. Don't deal with it before it happens. Cause like you said, it's just a waste. It's throwing, it's throwing good energy down the tubes. It is. It's, and you only, every energy is not an unlimited resource for us. Right. And so <laughs> no, we need to protect our energy. Old, like, hey, <laughs> yes, it's like, really any. Any. <laughs> so you've got to protect that and you got to be onto your brain. Okay. Yeah. So like if, and you know, you're like just surviving when you're like, keep going to the future. That is not a thriving mindset. Okay. And so my last one, which is, I, you know, I think we're, some of our worry comes like we feel like is larger because our kids are LDS and LGBTQ, but this other side of the coin too, it gives us the ability to feel faith in these moments and surviving is living in faith and I'm sorry, surviving is living in fear Mm -hmm. and thriving is living in faith. Okay. And, you know, I like to do exercise um, when I feel that fear where I ask myself like to make a list of what I'm afraid of. And I look at like each one, I'm like, okay, what if, what, what is going to happen if that happens? Like, what am I going to feel if that's going to happen? Because what you need to do is you find, you need to keep asking yourself, like, what am I going to make it mean if this happens? Because you need to find that core fear that is driving this worry. And a lot of LDS, LGBTQ families feel like their core fear is our, my child won't be with us for the eternities. You know, that is one of the core fears. And you need to bring that to God and question that. And you need to do the work on that and to figure out what story that you have created around your child being LGBTQ. And that fear is disconnecting you from God and your child. And so to move into more faith. And, you know, I think we don't have a lot of um, scripture um, for moms, like in the scriptures, but we do have Mary and, you know, Mary, was just such a beautiful example of how to mother in a hard situation, right? Like God asked her to do hard things. You know, I I think she probably often wondered like, how would people like treat her, him because they won't know his true identity for a while. And you know, she was consumed with worry. It's likely she didn't know his total true identity because does the Lord ever tell us everything, everything all at right. once? And does, does, you know, the message that he gave to her about her son, does it translate for her into, you know, your son is right. The redeemer. Like that. Yeah. Is that message? Of course not. Of course not. No. And, you know, I think one of my favorite scriptures, we don't know a lot of how she processed this, but we do have Luke 2, 19, where it says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And that spoke to my heart when we went through that and come follow me where I was like, she took all these things and pondered them in my heart. And I remember reading that and thinking so like, 
I felt like that's exactly what I've done with my son, where there's so many things to think about and thoughts to think about and how this is going to work. And I had to spend time pondering that in my heart and bringing it, engaging in conversation with Heavenly Father and not being fearful about like going into leaning into my faith. Like I tell, you know, I said this a lot on the podcast, but I doubled down on Jesus in that moment where I really brought in, I said, like, teach me, like, I need to find peace in this because I know this child is your child. And I know like you have a plan for him, but I need to like get that measure from you of that peace and that knowledge. So I can show up not fearful, but faithful. I want to thrive as his mother. I just don't want to survive in this moment. And so spend that time, like Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, view that scripture as time to, to really just to go into faith. You need to spend time with the Lord of figuring this out and getting the inspiration for you. And, you know, Allison, do you want to quote, like the Pope just came out with this beautiful article today oh, just I, about this. He, it's so beautiful. So it's, you can just Google Pope LGBTQ. Um, we'll get it in the show notes, but Pope LGBTQ January 26th. It happened this morning. And he was speaking off the cuff, they say. Of course, it's an Italian, but um, speaking off the cuff, he said, I'm I am thinking too of parents in the face of their children's problems, children's with children with many illnesses, children who are sick, even with permanent mal- maladies. He says, How much pain is there? Parents who see different sexual orientations in their children, how to deal with this and accompany their children and not hide in an attitude of condemnation. Isn't that interesting? Not hide in an attitude of condemnation. He says, I copy their children. Like, I love that part of that. Yeah. Like, you walk with them, accompany your children. Yeah. And to these parents, I say, don't be scared. Yes, there is pain a lot, but think of the Lord. And then he, he evokes Joseph, who's an important part of Catholic um, scripture, Joseph, the father of Jesus. And he says to him, think of Joseph, how Joseph would have solved the problem. And, asked jo- and, he, and he asked them to ask Joseph how to help you. Never condemn a child, he says. Um, and then he says, fear is also part of life. And it too needs our prayers. God does not promise us that we will never have fear, but that with his help, it will not be the criteria for our decisions. Prayer is always inextricably linked to charity. It is only when we combine prayer with love of our children, in this case, I just and the cases I just mentioned, or for our neighbor, that we are able to understand the Lord's message. And then he said, Joseph, he had he had described three different prayers that Joseph had had for his son, for concern for his son. One, the first being when his betrothed says that she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. When, when, when his son was coming, yep. Yes, and that could have been a little bit fearful for a man who actually was not the father and what would people think? And, um, and, and fearful for Mary, yep. Fearful for Mary. Um, and he says, the Pope says, Joseph prayed, worked, and loved. Three beautiful things for parents to work, to pray, to work, and to love. And because of this, he has always received what he needed in the face, in the face of life's trials. Let us entrust ourselves to him. 
And I have a testimony of that. That has been my experience when I work with the Lord in this. That is really where I'm thriving the most as the mother of my LGBTQ child and mother of all my children, right? And I feel good about myself. And so, you know, I love that how he talks about Joseph's journey because then, you know, he had to pray, should they leave Egypt? Or, and then he had to, you know, pray again, when is it safe to come back? And it's just like, there's going to be hard things in this journey. And we've talked about that in our other podcast, but that does not mean that we have to live in that worry. And you do not want that to fuel your action. And if you, it is fueling your action, you are not, the Lord is not worried about your child's journey. That's what I want you to realize. That's what I've been told and what I, the inspiration I got from my, you know, in my journey with my son. And so if he's not worried, why was I worried? You know, and I had to really go get to the place of that understanding that I could really um, love in a much cleaner place and open up my heart. And the worry was blocking all that. And so if you stay in worry, it will block your highest self and your highest experience of this whole journey, which I do testify. It is a beautiful journey of discovering things about yourself and discovering things about your child that you never dreamt before. So, well, and then that in turn, it kind of bleeds over into life. The things you discover about your child, it's like, you know, I can only describe, you know, with Enoch and the Lord said, others cannot see far off and you your eyes are cleared and you're like, wow, people and suffering. And here's how we can heal and love and change. And it's, it's all about, and then it becomes all about the work, right? What can I do to help Lord? Instead of like, I can't do anything. This is horrible. Yes. These are you powerful mothers and women. Yes. Needs us praying, working and loving. And we can do Taking those action. things. And if we're stuck and scared and not moving forward, that's should be that anxiety should be a notice to the ourselves. I'm I'm off. I'm off because the Lord needs me to pray, to work, and to love. To love. I love what the Pope says about that. And you know, um, I was teaching um Institute this morning, and we talked about the in First Kings. I think it was five two. Where um, I forgot the prophet, but when he it was just like Enoch. You know, Enoch was told to put go put mud on their eyes, and when he did, he then gained spiritual eyes. Mm-hmm. And this pro, this man was the prophet told him go wash your eyes seven times in the in the river, and he's like wash your body, right? Yeah, well, he's, and he, yeah, and he said, "Then you'll be healed." And he was like, "That's that's too easy. I'm not going to do that." And he's like, "Well, if the Lord told you to, would you do?" And he's like, "Yeah, I guess." And he did, it, and he was healed. And so both of those were the Lord likes action, and managing your brain is action. I know it takes time, and it's the mindset. And so that's why I went through those things where you know where the action, you know, love, do. What was the third one? The Pope, love, do, and no, it's pray, pray, work, love, pray, work, love. Okay. Well, we, you know, President or uh, Elder Holland has that great talk, the ministering of angels, where yeah. he says, women, if you're living covenant lives, you will, the angels will be unrestrained from helping you. So that's the prayer. Like, hey, yeah. I'm working, I'm doing this, I'm trying to figure this out. I need you to help me. And and I've put my children in the care of angels before. And it was scary because I thought, what happens if this doesn't work out? Like, am I going to lose my faith? I mean, this is scary fear stuff. And I had to do it. I had to do it. I had no choice. I had no way to help this child. And and I came out 
feeling like the angels were really there with them and protected this child. And, and that's what we're doing. Pray, work, love. That's right. And find out these promises that have been promised us. And I, you know, when you're saying that, like if we could actually see the angels, we would not worry. <laughs> so like and we can, we are, I love, I love how this, we can, we can relate to Mary. We can relate to, um, we can relate to Joseph. We can relate to Moses's mother. And I always forget her name. Jenny, you probably remember Joseph. Um, Lucy? Nope. Moses. Oh, Moses's. Oh. Joseph, something like this. Anyway. Yes. His birth mother or his adopted mother? Birth mother, yes. Who put him in the weed. Uh, Put him in the basket. And knew what pain, like the Lord will carry this child. That is the the vision. Yep, it is. So that is the view that we see is that our children are guided by the Savior. They're guided and protected by the Holy Spirit. And we have to have all sorts of faith in that. We do. And so we leave with you like your primary emotion about having an LGBTQ child should not be worry. And if it is worry, use some of the tricks we gave you in this and some of the tools to help manage your mind because the Lord does not want you to stay in worry. And it is available to, for you to feel peace and love about the journey of your family. All right. Thanks. All right. We love you. Thanks. Have a great day. Love you. Go take the world. Thank you for joining us. If you like what we share, subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you have a minute, leave us a five-star rating so other families like yours can find us. When your child comes out, you need to find support where you feel safe and understood. This is why we created the Lift and Love Coaching Community, a place where parents can connect, learn, and grow in a private setting. Jenny is a certified, advanced-trained, faith-based life coach with almost 10,000 hours of coaching. Together, we have worked with hundreds of families just like yours. To see if the Lift and Love community is right for you, go to liftandlove.org and click on the community link. For more free information, support groups, and available resources, check out liftandlove.org and liftandloveorg on Instagram and Facebook. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.